0: Welcome to another episode of In the Chair with Bear. I'm your host, Anthony Bear. Today we're talking with Sally Arias. She's a business strategist, growth strategist, coach. She brings a unique insight, perspective to the journey of an entrepreneur, being a journey into our authentic self. What does it mean to live your authentic life? Finding your path, going into the layers of your onion, discovering yourself. Thanks so much for being here as always. Welcome to In the Chair with Ben. All right, welcome. Today we have Sally Arius. Did I say your name right? Arias. Arias. Like an Arias. Aure- like an Aria. <laughs> I love it, and uh, Sally, you, you're amazing for just jumping in here. I saw your website and just got to meet you briefly, and I was struck. It, it struck a chord in me the work that you're doing in terms of mindset training in business, and also kind of bringing the spiritual element. Um, one of the things that I was really fascinated by in your bio is that you were you went to school to be a pastor at one point in your life. And yes. I, I'm wondering what, what elements of like sort of your spiritual practice, or I guess that's probably a big question. So. Oh, get, start like,
1: with the big questions. I love yeah. The big questions. yeah. Cause
0: I, I want, I want to say like what, so what elements of a spiritual practice can you really like apply tactically into your business? Um, like, How do those two worlds overlap for you?
1: That's so funny. Okay, first of all, thank you for asking me that question because I feel like people interview me and get me on their shows and they want to talk about the business growth strategies that I talk about. I was like, don't you want to talk about the cool stuff, like the deeper stuff? Because the strategy and tactics, like, there's all we can do that all day. Um, So thank you, because I'm always like itching for somebody to ask me like what really gets me fired up and and in on business podcasts it's not always what they want to hear so and what elements of your spiritual practice relate to business and how do they overlap and i would say all of them absolutely all of them so yeah i think for me if i can give a synthesis and then we can break it down for me your business venture, your life as an entrepreneur, your business and entrepreneurship is just a vehicle for your own self-realization, evolution, spiritual enlightenment. It's just the vehicle that you chose. And the reason that I say that is because, and you probably experienced this yourself, on the journey as an entrepreneur, the thing that you come up against most is yourself.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And it's not like you're angry at the strategies or the wrong strategy or the wrong tactic. Like it's, that's not, it's, it's you that you're frustrated with. It's your own limitations, right? Yeah. Um, And so for me, it's really obvious and I have to caveat that with saying it's obvious because I've been into spirituality and world religion since I was about 13, like very seriously so. Um, I, I was into God as a little kid. So first of all, I should say I was really into I was an overworker and overachiever my whole life, but that's because mm-hmm. I had immigrant parents who created that model for me. So that's what I that's the reality I was given, right? Is that. Life is hard and work is hard and you have to work hard to get ahead. That's the message I received. And then the other part that's interesting about me is that I always believed in God, even though both of my parents were doctors and scientists and that didn't come from them. So that just mm-hmm. came from this weird I as a kid. Did
0: you go to like a like a Catholic school or something along those lines? Or did you No, go? no, okay. I actually
1: as a kid asked my mom if I could if she could take me to church.
0: And they and didn't go to like, church.
1: What? where are you getting these ideas? (laughs) And I was like, well, I I know, I think I remember being a kid and being in situations playing outside in the forest near the apartment complexes where I grew up. And um, I just always remember feeling this sense of connection with something bigger. And to me, it was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, duh, God exists. I, I don't know what that is, but God exists. So I kind of pushed my mom to take me to church and and by the time I was about 10 or 11 um I got her to actually take me and of course she took me to catholic church because I'm latina I'm from south america and mm-hmm. that's what my yeah. mother knew right so but what came clear to me in my in my journey my spiritual journey is that we are actually just on a journey of discovering who we really are peeling the onion and how do we actually be in the world as who we really are because when you Mm -hmm. are in the world innately worthy, innately as yourself, that is you being in purpose and on purpose, right? We're always trying. A lot of my clients are like, what do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? And it's like, oh, we're always trying to externally validate our actions and what we're doing. But it's actually like the closer that you get to who you really are, the easier it is to just be living life on purpose. Uh,
0: so, I, I for agree. me, for a long
1: time, it was strange to me because I'm an overworker and an overachiever. And I started my own business when I was 11 because I needed to make money because I grew up, as Dave Chappelle would say, not poor, but broke.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's really that also like that's a mindset shift in itself, right? Um, so I always had this side of me that was the spiritual side and the business side, right? Working for people or running businesses, or I started my own business when I was eleven. I was I had a little babysitting business throughout all of high school, and it paid wow. for my college and it paid for my mm-hmm. my dancing. Like it paid for a lot of the things I wanted to do. It helped me yeah. pay for college, um, but that was a very separate world. My skills accrued in business were to me very separate than. Then I would go and study Hinduism and Buddhism and and Jiva Mukti Yoga and um, Bahaism and Catholicism and Christianity and Pentecostal, like all the you know, like all the things. Um, so for a long time, those two things were separate. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. I and mean, then- I f- I I I find it really fascinating that you're you know taking all of that in and sort of applying it because one of the things that I, I constantly am, am sharing with people is I feel like if you're on the path of an entrepreneur, you're also on the path of personal development. And that the both are the aligned. If you really want to be successful in running your business, then then you know you you want to dig deeper and dig deeper into your own personal development, become a really good reader, develop your uh your ability to learn new information, to process new information, dig deeper into what your sole purpose is interpersonal communication, you know, sharing more vulnerably with people in your community and your employees, your everyone, sharing your story really personally, all those kinds of things, you find those qualities in successful entrepreneurs, um, and it's a journey of a, of your whole lifetime, you know? And so I feel like it's it's similar, a lot of times they'll say, oh yeah, rela- relationships are are a great way to sort of like fast track your own personal development. Well, I feel like the same thing is true for entrepreneurship. It's it's a way to really fast track your personal development, um, and so that's the part that. See, I'm very. I find myself very spiritual too, and I can relate to all the things that you've said so far. Like I was, I went. It's an altar boy as a kid. I was really into God. I was reading the Bible by the time I was like eight and nine and stuff. And, I mean, I was. I was super into this idea of, of something bigger than ourselves and I always have been inspired by this idea that there's a greater purpose, there's a greater uh, a reason that we're here on this planet and it's only been, you know, as I learn more and as I can kind of learn from other people more that I'm able to put those worlds together um, of the spiritual and then the business or then you could even say like the scientific self and sort of the intuitive self or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, the scientific self. <laughs> yeah, I think that for the longest time those things were separate for me and I was really I wanted to I wanted to bring my two worlds together, but it was feeling very hard or very big for me to do that. Um
0: and how did you do that then? What what was
1: it, it? Just it, you know. Then the universe brings you opportunities, and brings you lessons, and brings you people, and brings you situations where you go, oh, oh, oh. So, I um, I have had a very diverse career in business. I've been a founder. I've been at startups. I've sat in all the seats. I've been in marketing. I've been in operations. I've been in corporate. Uh, Luxury sales. I went back to startups as a COO. And in that, at that time when I was in um, corporate and I was really unhappy there, I had just finished an MBA and the following year signed up for a Master's of Divinity because I did an MBA to kind of please my parents, for one, for sure, if I'm being honest. And two, because I thought there was something about business I had not yet learned or figured out. And I thought an MBA would have the answers. And I think after that experience, I was like, okay, well, I've kind of checked off all the boxes I'm supposed to check off. And I didn't really learn anything magical from my MBA that I couldn't have really figured out.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: wasn't like nothing, you know. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I just, it's time to go do what I've always been drawn to. So I went and started a Masters of Divinity. And
0: where did you, where did you do that? What school?
1: New York theological seminary. Okay. I call it nights. I told them they should rebrand and call it God at nights.
0: And they didn't think that was funny. (laughs) I like it.
1: I'm like, trust me. I'm a business person. I'm a branding expert. I've worked in marketing and branding. Call it God at nights and people will eat that up. Um, They didn't go for it, but whatever. (laughs) It's cool. They're super cool. They're super cool, regardless. Uh, I was just talking to some of my um, friends about a class we all experienced a few years ago. I mean, I'm still quoting things I've learned from some of those teachers. So, but in that experience, being in corporate and then moving back to a startup, I was still very, very torn and living in these two worlds. And I started to notice in the in startup environment, people were asking me business questions and I was working for a founder who had her own things to work on. Mm-hmm. And I started to see, especially running her company as her COO, and it was a mindfulness and mental health company, but she was the person that really needed the mindfulness and the mental health support. Right, and I was like, "Oh well, you know, it's that famous old spiritual teaching of, we teach the thing that we most need to learn." I mean, that's mm-hmm. a really, it's in, it's in the Bible and it's in it's a lot the, of it's the of cobbler's
0: teaching. shoes, or right? yeah.
1: And <laughs> I started noticing people asking me for business advice because of my skills, and noticing that. There was some underpinnings in the business advice that actually had to do with their deeper worries, fears, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. inadequacies, Mm. beliefs, things that they were dealing with that were making them ask business questions. If that makes sense. Yeah. So whereas I my plan was to slowly move away from the business world and go full on, you know, eventual PhD. Theologian, academic, I actually felt in a moment I felt called, was kind of like the universe, you know, was like, Selly, you have these skills. You can actually help people on their business journey. So that was the beginning of it, of seeing that people who are on a business journey, a lot of the questions that come up have to do with something deeper. Mm -hmm. And and so it's it the words the worlds actually collide quite easily for me and now mm-hmm. it's hap- now it happens all the time every conversation yeah. every client everything you know i, it's I love really
0: fun. i love hearing that i mean i think there's so there's so many things i want to ask you about about this um the first thing i mean there's there's so much but like i think about uh you know obviously having a deeper purpose and i've i've spent time also in those environments and uh, especially when i look in corporate america i mean there's corporate america there's like so much stress going on it's insane like we're literally at an epidemic level of anxiety and stress in this country and in in corporate culture in general and it's um It's insane. Like, what are we doing? Why are we doing? It doesn't even make sense. I mean, we're we're all together. We're all working together. Why are we creating such high stress environments? Why are we siloing ourselves, just like you did for years, between these things that were drawing you towards uh, divinity or towards uh, towards learning about theology and the things that were drawing you towards business and just making money and you know being pulled in those directions um so many people are doing what they don't want to be doing just because they feel like they have to do it in order to make money um so many people hide their true feelings hide their true callings hide their intuition um you're never going to go in a board meeting and so what's everybody's intuition saying you know nobody's giving that any credit when in my experience in life, it's like exactly those things. If I look back on my life, all the successes I had came from when I was in the flow state or when I was experiencing my own intuitive calls or, you know, going that direction has really guided me and, and brought me so many things in my life. And yet we're sort of in this culture where we stifle that automatically, even from an early age, like, oh, don't go after that. You'll never be able to make money doing that. Don't do it. You know, don't follow your spirit.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I remember even when I was in seminary that people in my life would question why I was doing that.
0: Like why? Yeah.
1: What are you doing? Why are you spending money on that? Why are you spending your? Why are you working a really long day at a stressful job, and then leaving and commuting to school and being in school about God for until nine pm three three nights a week, you know? So I I know I felt even when I was doing that, then it wasn't clear to me then, but I did have a moment. I did. And I don't wish I could remember exactly what it was, but I did have a moment one day where it was like, do not ignore the skills that you, the natural gifts and skills and talents that you've accrued in this life and think you have to turn your back on them in order to be a spiritual person or even a spiritual teacher or guide bring the spiritual teaching guide to those skills. Like I had this moment, I was like, oh, and I think for me also, I'm a female. And so I, you know, if you don't know much about this, the theology world, and I'm just gonna say it, it's actually, it's very male dominated industries, but that is a, there are certain sex and groups and denominations that won't let you be a speaker or a teacher as a woman. So, here I was, you know, um, very active in a church that wouldn't really give me opportunities because I wasn't in relationship with a particular, with a man. Because in the, in a lot of Christian churches, the women who, who get position or rank or get to speak, it's a lot of times because they're a pastor's wife. Um, so... <laughs> It was an interesting, another I don't know place what, I don't, in my that's life. It's a it was whole like, other oh, place. A, a woman yeah. in the space really railing against that. Um, so there was that going on. And then I was starting to see I have all these skills in business. Like people are asking me really basic questions. I can help people. And yeah. I had this moment of like, I can actually help more people, me myself. I'm not saying everyone, but me myself. I can help more people and make an impact in their lives and them actually fulfilling dreams and their purpose by helping them with their business. And ultimately, what does a pastor want to do?
0: Yeah,
1: A pastor is just a guide getting you across the desert to the place you want to be in. And so I had this moment where I was like, oh, I have all these skills. I shouldn't turn my back on all these skills I've accrued in years of business. I can use these skills to help people. And so I started to see myself as that, is that Some of my clients are spiritual and some of them aren't, and it doesn't matter to me because I'm helping everybody kind of walk across this journey to to this new land that they've been wanting to be in, if that makes sense.
0: It does. It makes a ton of sense to me. And I think, because we're we're holistic people. Yeah. Because our experience is multifaceted. And if we're taught to turn off Our intuition, or to turn off our emotional being when we're at work, then that's just going to end up creating problems, I think, in the long run.
1: Absolutely. And I think it is creating problems for a lot of people who are stressed out and anxious at work. Yeah. So, and we're finding different ways of saying it and addressing it and culture and all these things. But I, I do think it actually has to do more with the core of the human. And what's going on internally? And is this person, does this person have the skills to even connect to who they are? But uh, yeah, but so, so it's funny to me now, I remember mm-hmm. being really struggling with this though. I have to say it, it hasn't been this. I remember no, being yeah. frustrated on my journey of, oh my God, what is wrong with me? I'm so split. I am like, love God and spirituality. And I like work in corporate sales. Like for me, the, for a longest time, because because I was listening to people's feedback and and people's like, huh, that's that's weird. You what you know? So for the, I did struggle with it for a long time. So it's not well, been this. I mean, I think line.
0: that's that's probably true for a lot of innovators. I mean, if you think about you know, of course, anytime you're doing something new, people are going to be like, well, that doesn't fit into the box that I know. You know, that doesn't fit into like what the reality that I am familiar with. So. Yeah. It's like, that's not going to work, you know, or whatever. I mean, that's, 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 that's the thing about being an entrepreneur, which I think propels you into the deeper sense of self, is you're going to go in, up against those obstacles where people are doubting you or you're doubting yourself. And, you know, in order for, I find that in order to pierce through that, you really have to have a deeper sense of purpose. And that just has worked for me, you know, of just... It, you could call it faith. And and so this is, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you, I, does that, do you think that idea of like spirituality sort of turns people off a little bit? Or do you think people are kind of like a little bit like, okay, that's a little foo-foo for me, whatever. I'm not going to, no, I'm like, I'm making money, I'm in business, I'm not like spiritual or whatever.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> it does turn people off. I have a, I was speaking to a colleague a while ago who's very similar to me in terms of being a business strategist, we see things, we see things very similarly. And I was like, Yeah, but I talk about God. And she was like, Oh, God, oh no. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> I would be completely turned off by a business strategy strategist talking anything spiritual or woo-woo, because I'm so over it, seeing it online everywhere. And I was like, Great. Right. So we're not competition for each other because I'm going to. I'm going to bring that up in people's journey. And I don't always use God language because God language does the word God has a lot of and even universe and source and all the things. These words now have a lot of um, heaviness and weight around them. Yeah. So I don't always use those words, which is why I got certified as a mindset coach to have language about the science of what's going on with you and your brain and your body and how you are connected and how how your beliefs and thoughts and feelings shape your reality i use that language for anyone who's like no yeah. no, no no spiritual talk here um so it just kind of dep- i have a few clients who are like yeah bring on the god and i have a few clients who who i just use mindset language with to support them through that because what happens on? So I'm going to give you an example. This just I, I I wish I could keep all of my examples like at the ready, but I have just a recent example. I was just talking to somebody last week, who I was helping her with her pricing strategy in her business, and we were doing an analysis Excel sheet. I gave her one of my templates. We were doing an analysis of her offers mm-hmm. and her pricing, and you know, organizing it. And she was like, "Oh, this is really fascinating. I have never done this." You know, the business strategist side of me. And then as we get kind of get into it I say why are you charging this much for this product because I know your industry and I know that's kind of low for what you deliver. And so she said, "Oh, I guess I really I don't know how she said it, but she said something like when I'm on a sales call, I just want to get the close. I want to close the deal and it's more I think it's more important for me to close the deal." And I really just want to ensure that I'm going to close the deal. And so I was like, "Oh, okay. So you're uncomfortable with
0: rejection." rejection.
1: <laughs> and she was like, "Oh, because if if you're telling me your close rate is hundred percent and you always close the deal, because you're actually charging low, so that it's you know a no brainer for them, right?" What we really have to talk about isn't a business strategy or a pricing exercise. We have to talk about your fear of rejection. Right. And so that's where the worlds collide all the time. This literally happens all the time, every exercise I do. I just wait for that moment where they drop the gym because we'll be talking through, you know, I've had a client recently tell me, well, I just don't believe anybody wants what I'm selling. I was like, well, how do you know you haven't even offered it yet? <laughs> and she started laughing. She was like, oh my God, you're right. Where did that come from? I'm like, I don't know. Let's explore. Where did that come from? Let's go there. So you know, I, I love business strategy, but it's the tip of the iceberg about what's making your business work or not work.
0: Right. I mean, and there's so much about that, like in, in your in own belief system, if you believe, you know you can get there, then you can get there if you don't believe. And a lot of those beliefs are unconscious almost. They're like built into us from a, a, an early age. On our on our last, actually the episode that is going to re- release tomorrow uh, with Bill Bennett, he talks about fear. He did a film called Facing Fear. And so we talk a lot about not only, you know, facing your fear, but even using your fear to d- go deeper within yourself and also how there's these sort of underlying fears that we just live with our whole life that we never really paid attention to. Um, and so it's it's interesting how those things can actually be levers that help you, propel you in your business. If, you know, when you start, you're thinking, oh, I'm making money, I'm making a product, but really once you, uh, just to go back to your example, I had a guy who told me early on in my business, charge the most that you can charge looking somebody in the eye and asking for that price. So so just imagine yourself looking them in the eye and saying, okay, I'm I'm $100 an hour. Okay, I'm $150 an hour. Okay, I'm $200 an hour. Like where where does it feel like you can't really look them in the eye and say that price because you're not worth that? Mm-hmm. And that? And then I think if you take that a level deeper, you can go, well, how, how are you actually calculating your own value in yourself?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, how much do you value your time for this or your time for this? you know?
1: Yeah. I love that you say that because I actually, years ago, I created a teaching, which I need to bring it back and do it in webinar form again. Um, I created a teaching called Calculate Your Worth because early on in my business, coaching and consulting, I wanted to get into more complex stuff. And I realized a lot of people were just having a hard time actually knowing what they should be charging, either for their time or their product. Yeah, And I was like, what? Like, come on, God, this is basic. What do you mean? So I created this calculator to help people actually calculate your worth. And then something I've discovered along that journey is that a lot of people, because they don't do that exercise or don't get in touch with that, with the mathematical part of it and also that part of it, can I look you straight in the eye and say, my mastermind is This is what dollars.
0: I'm worth. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I think it's cheap, Right. Yeah. I can do that now, but I've had to work really hard <laughs> to do that. Um, so I created this exercise to help people realize there are a lot of times not covering their costs. I have so many people who run businesses and put out products and offers. I think it should cost that because I saw so-and-so right. price, something similar at this price. So I'm just, but you're not taking into account all the reasons why that person might be able to charge said price. Right. I end up getting P&Ls on my lap when I review people's numbers and find that a lot of businesses aren't profitable or they're hand to mouth. And that's yeah. not a business. That's a job. Yeah. If you are hand to mouth and your business relies on you to do work, and if you stop working, it you don't make money, you just gave yourself a very, very, very stressful full-time job.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality for a lot of startup entrepreneurs, and you know, you kind of start up that way. But I think that there's a place where you bridge yourself into actually having a business, and that's when you work yourself out of your business. Right? That that would be how I would communicate it to somebody looking to make that transition. As you as 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 hard as you work to build now the demand and the income that you currently have. You now have to work to work yourself out of your business, out of your day to day and build up the infrastructure to do that thing and meet and meet the growing demand of your business.
1: Yeah. It's, I love it's, that. I, I think that's actually really well said. Can you even work your way out of the business?
0: Yeah. Is it even possible? And I, I think, I think for like products and stuff, it's a, it's a lot easier to, to do that because you you know, you're kind of, okay, we're creating a product, we're delivering it, we're doing this thing. But when you're sort of a business that's based on a service, uh, like my whole business was, you know, we were building websites and I got really good at it because I see things from a system point of view and I also see things very holistically. So I started to apply my understanding of culture to marketing my understanding of what inspires people to how we organize you know and really when it comes to your messaging it's all about storytelling and something that's going to not only inspire your employees and your customers but yourself i look for those messages that inspire the business owners themselves to go that's what i'm all about this is my deeper reason for being in business right so those kinds of things but that's a really hard skill to teach somebody. So, so I'm like, oh, I'm I'm really good at that. But as I'm like trying to bring, you know, build my business, I realize, okay, this is this is a hard thing to learn uh, and a hard thing to teach.
1: Yeah, so. and that's actually what I teach. Yeah, that's and I and I used to do it in shorter um, periods, but it, uh, to your point. There's a lot of unlearning and learning about yourself that needs to happen in the process, which is why I now only work a minimum in the six-month mastermind container, because it gives me time to, to kind of massage the way that you're thinking and believing about yourself in your business. Because I'm like, I can give you all the tools and the strategies and the systems and the templates. And the, I have this, I've created the CEO dashboard. It's amazing. I can train you how to use it. I can train you in all these things in a week. And I can probably hand everything to you in two weeks. But that's not where the transformation happens. Right. right. It's when, for example, when you develop a relationship with the metrics on that dashboard and you're no longer scared to look at your numbers. Yeah. And you're empowered by them and you start to make it fun. And you actually start to enjoy looking at your numbers every week. Yeah. That's my goal. Is that the people who are scared of numbers? I'm like, great, come to me. Let's go. <laughs> you know, because that's 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 the transformation, is yeah, is teaching that. What does that look like? Who do you have to become in order to run your business and work your way out of your business rather than the business running you? It's really about who do you have to
0: become that is a really great one the who do you have to become i really that really worked for me uh you know when i was kind of doing i've done a little work with tony robbins stuff I'm, i don't know if you're familiar with like you know um tony robbins work but he's got the uh, the rpm which is like the the well he he used to call it the massive action plan but it was this, this whole idea of you know what do you want like how are you getting there but there's there's this part to it that my coach uh, recently kind of brought up to me, which he said, what you really want to do and you think about where you're going, like sort your, your roadmap, is who are you if all of those dreams come true? Like, what is your identity? Who are you? You know, who are you to your family? Who are you to your employees? Who are you to your friends? Um, what does that make you? You know, okay, so you make ten million dollars. What does that make you? Who are you then in that persona? And so I, I really like that a lot because I've had a resistance for years on my own spiritual journey. I was a musician and I was I've just been like sort of an artist my whole life and making up my own reality as I went. But I think I was really resistant to like making money for a lot of years because I, I met so many people that were wealthy, they were so unhappy. And I, and I, and I knew so many families that were wealthy and the kids were just like assholes, you know? I'm like, okay, uh, do I really want to be wealthy? Like, look at all these wealthy people that just kind of (laughs) suck. And, uh, and so I really resisted, um, financial abundance for a long time. And it, it, it's been a, a, a work in progress for me to kind of open up to allowing more of that flow and i think it's, this is just kind of my personal journey but what's really helping me is to to see how we can repattern that you know how we can be the sort of new version of what it looks like to live in financial abundance and have genuine happiness and to me that comes back to your work really to being sort of spiritually aligned with your deeper purpose, and who you are? Because at the end of the day, even if you get all the success in the world, are you genuinely going to be happy?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's the really big question.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I do with anyone I work with is actually work on what is your bigger vision of yourself and what what really excites you, and what are you doing on a dream day? And we do this kind of vision work, and people are like, "Can can we just talk about my backend and my systems?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. I promise." You know, um, because and I always say because I want to make sure we're building the business that creates that person, right? And uh, there's a lot of. There's a lot of cookie-cutter, um, one-way, it's-done-one-way type of business coaches right now, right? But I, I think that the business should serve your bigger vision of who you are meant to be, back to the, the first thing we talked about, right? Yeah. And who, if you are on, if you are a human, you are on some form of spiritual journey of some kind. yeah. If you are not, it's because you've chosen to bow out of the race. Yeah. You know, like if you are real, if you're like, no, 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 that's not me. It's just because you've chosen to do all these things that keep you safe and comfortable. And and I'm not actually sure that's really living, you know. So anybody else who who wants to be stretched and challenged and wants to peel the layers and wants to be fully evolved as themselves is is to me, the category that's most interesting to me. So I always start with who is that person? What are we, who, who are, what are we creating? What are we building here? Then let's make sure that we build a business that's in service of that, of that person.
0: Do you find that people don't like, do you find that, that people have a trouble finding motivation to do that work unless they're like propelled by, a reason, like a, de- like a more intense reason. I mean, one of the things I've noticed is that when people are literally facing serious suffering, mental, emotional, physical, or they go through some super major bankruptcy, uh, I lost my house, whatever, some major freaking life thing. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, uh, now I know what the most important thing is to my life. And you're sort of like, yeah, well, what... And and typically after a couple of years, that even wears off and you're back to like some old old patterns and some, you know, whatever. Right. How do you inspire people to sort of stay on that?
1: That's a really great question. I think that when that when the lack of motivation is just an expression of resistance. And resistance is kind of a sister to fear. And so I don't actually interpret that as like, oh no, lost cause, they've lost motivation, they've lost steam. I get curious about why they're in fear. Yeah. And, and that's what that's really about. So anybody who comes to me, I always say, people are like, who do you work with? And I say, I work with people who are very who are ready to turn off the noise and build the real business that's going to support their life, their family, and and the person they want to become. So it's not a hobby. It's not a side gig. I'm for people who want to build real businesses because they want kind of off the hamster wheel. And so anybody who is down for that and wants to do that, I know that they might lose steam. I mean, I get all kinds of pushback on me at some point from each one of my people at some point, but that's Holy. I don't interpret that as they've lost steam or they've lost motivations, more like I have to get curious about what they're in fear about and what's re- right. what's really going on there, because fear expresses itself in a lot of ways: procrastination, resistance to moving forward, fear, right. fear of success. A lot of us actually have fear of success, not just fear of failure, but fear of success. Yeah, I mean, fear of success is I mean, really it's... real, especially if you've had this experience of really wealthy people being assholes. Right. Naturally,
0: that you're one gonna have a fear that one of cr- right. Exactly. I don't want to be an
1: asshole. I don't want my friends and family to suddenly go, Oh, he changed. Right? right. Because it's the story that you're seeing. So now there's something that's been logged in your subconscious mind of successful people are assholes. Right. Yeah. So I look for that. I look for what, what it, where is that? And everyone has a different locking mechanism and everyone has a different key that kind of helps unlock them. But that's kind of what I'm looking for.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, 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 I'm really fascinated by um, the power of the intuition and by sort of like, you know, a, a lot of people call it the flow state, but sort of when you get into a space where you're just like really in flow and you can kind of feel like almost guided, like even if you're doing something a little challenging, you sort of lose track of time or you're just like in it. You know what I mean? Um, would you would you describe those states in terms of like a spiritual, like is that a spiritual thing or like what is that, where are those states to you? Like the, there's two things that really fascinated me a lot is like power of your intuition and sort of the flow. How would you interpret those two states?
1: Well, I think that it can be interpreted as a spiritual state. And also I think there's some science Funny enough, science and spirituality are pretty related, but there's some science about your brain entering into kind of theta waves and that happens and that's why you feel like you're in flow and even a hard thing feels easy because you kind of dipped into almost a meditative state and that's what a flow state is. But that also can be a spiritual experience. I mean, a lot of times we meditate with, with the goal of having a spiritual experience. so they're related to me.
0: Do you follow your intuition a lot in your business and sort of how you're guiding your life?
1: I do. I use I have a lot of intuition in my business and how I help my clients, but I've also I also acknowledge that I have an MBA. I'm certified as a mindset coach. I created a framework and a methodology because I think that people don't necessarily appreciate, I'm just going to intuitively tell you that we need to work on your product market fit. I think people <laughs> don't appreciate that. Right. Not, not my entire audience appreciates that. So what I did was I created a methodology and a framework that actually scores them on every single pillar of business. Yeah. And so then they see their score and they understand where they're at on the map, kind of like, here's your score. This is where you're at. And a lot of times, and it's not, a judgment it's not good or bad it's like okay this is the area that we're going to do some focusing on you're clearly really strong in marketing let's say and great so we're not going to keep focusing there you've probably attracted you're probably attracted to a lot of marketing coaches and content coaches because you're naturally strong and and you have an inclination towards that or you think or the industry is telling you that you need more of that but actually you need to work over here look at how you scored here in this pillar And so this is where we're going to start. And I build strategy maps kind of in that way of we're going to start here, and then we're going to go here, and then we're going to go back over here, and then we're going to go here. And Mm. my strategy maps look different for everyone. And I devised that framework and that methodology for the reason that I understand we live in a 3D world where a lot of people want to see on paper, what what are your tangibles? What are your deliverables? What are you going to do for me? And that was my way of I actually create very detailed dashboards and step-by-step roadmaps for people that that kind of create the steps for them to work through all these things in an order yeah and in a a prioritized order so i do that because people don't come to me for my intuition they come to me for
0: you know well no i mean i yeah i guess in your in your business well there's this when you were talking this really interesting quote that came to my mind which I love from Charlie Parker, where he says, you know, yes, learn the music, study the music, get, become a master at the music and then forget all that shit and just play. That's Well, I was just going to
1: use the <laughs> arts as a perfect example. So music, yeah. uh, I was, I'm a trained dancer. So I trained in music and dance my whole life. And I think the arts is the best example of this. So that is a perfect quote because that is exactly how I think about this yeah. is When you learn to play an instrument, right? Or you learn ballet, but let's do an instrument. You learn the scales. And then you learn the different ways, the different relationships with the scales. And then you learn Mm. how to read music. And then you can learn how to, you know. And then eventually, way further down the line, you actually, your brain starts to know what sound the key makes before you touch it. Right. Is that intuition? No, you've been taking in this information, yeah. right? Um, there's like that famous jazz performer woman who, I don't remember her name now, but she became famous for when she would improv on a piano, she would sing the note before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Because yeah. she already knew what was what the what the key was going to make. What
0: was gonna happen. So it's, yeah. It's
1: like that. I mean, to me, systems are learn the system, get really good at it. And then be able to improvise because that's absolute freedom right. is when yeah. you've used the system to set you free. and that's what I always teach my clients. Well there's and it's the same thing in business is I, mm-hmm. you can tell me about your business right now and I'll be like, oh, yeah, a little bit of here, a little bit of there. you know, because to me it's my instrument. And it's something I've been tuning for a really long time. But I absolutely think that that's true for any skill, any profession is you want to get to that place where you can improvise. Right. like a jazz performer
0: and and I think it involves like growing your capacity constantly learning more uh, expanding you know having a flexible mind learning learning I, I I really put a lot of value on reading reading new material keeping your mind open you know expanding your vocabulary in your certain tap in, in your certain you know line of work or whatever you're doing um, just studying it all the time because Everything's always changing. People are coming up with new things. I mean, even in marketing, the old, you know, stuff that was a go to three or four years ago is already outdated and outmoded and new right. things are coming up all the time. And it's and, you know, being on the trend means you have to kind of ride the wave and be sort of right in the cutting edge, right? In the you know, unfurling of the new. Um
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I do think I think intuition is one thing, and I think having accrued so much information and skill and learning in a subject that you can quickly recognize what note needs to be played. Yeah, I'm not sure that that's always intuition, right? Because yeah, I mean, I don't think I I don't
0: think it is. I think it's, but I, you know, there is like when I was getting my master's degree in mathematics, for example. I mean, I'm studying, I was doing applied mathematics, and that's, you know, and so you're studying all these theories and all these concepts and everything, and and it's like you would think, especially in something like mathematics, right, that there's no room for creativity. It's not not something you initially think is a creative endeavor. It's mathematics. However, when you're at that level of math, what ends up happening is, you can find really creative ways to solve problems Mm. that change the way that people look at the problem. And so I found myself, I was actually at the top of my class and, and part of that was because I was a creative, I was a crazy, I was a crazy dude. Okay. I look like I was crazy. I had long hair. I had like crazy freaking hair. I was in a band, you know, Um, we were like playing, we were like playing at the local. And then I was also teaching at the university to get my degree and stuff. So I was teaching like calculus and statistics. So I was a total anomaly and, but I'm in there and I, I started to see things more creatively. And so I would come in with a solution that was literally only like 10 lines on one half of a page. Whereas some of the other students would, they'd be able to solve it, but it was like five pages of stuff, you know? And so that's the difference, you know, of uh, I was applying a real creative approach to the way I was solving the problems. Um,
1: yeah. Well, it's almost like when you know the rules so well, you know, you can break, you know, how to break them.
0: You can kind of break them. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. you can just uh, update them, you know? Yeah. And I, I've always I've always been of that mindset that like well if we got here because a bunch of people sort of updated the old rules then why can't I update them you know if if we've if we've developed this far then you know why can't we innovate now the solutions that will be sort of become mainstream in five years from now like why can't who who's going to come up with that stuff yeah right?
1: yeah absolutely so, but it doesn't surprise me because usually musicians are great mathematicians
0: there you go. I mean it's a, I, I think about it as a language actually um as language and when I got really really good at music it was exactly what you're saying where I I don't think I I didn't feel like I was playing I felt like I was listening I was just like 100% 100% listening and I apply that to business too now and you know working with my clients and also doing the work that we're doing you know we're de- working on developing like a, a a platform an educational platform similar to maybe what you're doing but different um but you know i i apply that there because i when i'm listening to people talking about their business just like you're saying i i listen for deeper things i listen for deeper undertones um where there's struggle where there's things that they're p- feeling pushed up against um where i feel like resistance um and where I feel like just flow, like you can kind of, I can almost hear it in someone's tone of voice. I don't know how scientific this is, this is just my own. But like if you were to list like five, your five things that you wanted to do with your life, I could almost hear in the tone of your voice the one out of those five that you actually want to do the most. Just based on the tonality and the body language when you say that thing. You know mm-hmm. what I
1: mean? Yeah, absolutely. And also it could be because you have so much experience, even being a teacher and being in that. I learned a lot. I used to teach tango. So I learned a lot from teaching people. I would say that it very much applies to my business coaching because teaching people something very hard to learn and very frustrating taught me a lot about teaching people and reading people. So now when I'm on a client call and I say something that's a little bit you know, I can immediately see that something I said made them uncomfortable.
0: You could see the and trigger. Say, okay. Reaction, I, okay yeah. Why are
1: you tensing up right now? What just happened? And they're like, no, 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 no. no it's okay. What, what just happened there? You know, because, it, but I learned that from teaching people how to dance a really frustrating mathematical dance, ironically. So.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that. That's, that's really cool. That's, so, yeah, I, I always go back to that Charlie Parker, like, study it, become a master, and then forget it all, you know, and it's just so, But and it's just so true. Play. I think about it's, systems yeah. in yeah. that
1: way. I use music and, and learning an art form as an analogy a lot of times for my clients, yeah. because I do really think that that's relevant. Absolutely. Yeah. But I love that you say that you're listening. I think that's a big part of my job, too, because a lot of times my clients come back to me and go, well, shouldn't I be having, shouldn't I be building funnels? And shouldn't I have, um, so-and-so had a beautiful Kajabi site that led to a thing and to to, to a thing. And then shouldn't I be having that? And shouldn't I be doing this? And And I'm like, well, are we building, let's go back to what we've talked about. Are we building your business or are we building their business? Right. And they're building a business that some coach told them to literally build it that way. So what do you want? Do you want to build their business or your business? Um, That's why for me, listening is so important because I'm definitely not going to give you the super quick fix, make millions in five minutes fix, but I am going to build the business that's right for you and your life and what you want to do in the world. And I am going to make you the money doing that, but it's not going to look like somebody else's.
0: I was thinking of uh, another analogy where, you know, a lot of times we look at the mechanics of a business and you look at fine tuning your business to run like a, you know, like a Maserati or something like that. And a lot of people use that analogy, you know, like we're going to like break your business down into the different parts of your engine and everything's working simultaneously. And the goal is, you know, to be this fancy car driving down the road. And I, I come from like, I, I have a lot of experience in more indigenous mindset. My, my, I was raised sort of with this real connection to nature, and I apply that. That's If you had to ask me right now, well, what's your religion? Like, what's your God? My God is the earth. My religion is studying nature. Because to me, all things exist in harmony in nature. And so when I think about that analogy of like making the perfect car, going down the road, it's It's like— where are you going? We're just in this sort of linear model of like, okay, I'm going down the road. Okay, great. Now you've got a fast car. you got a fast, fancy car. So what? I don't really even care. I like the analogy of building a garden, creating a forest, growing something that's going to live long after you're gone, that sort of continues to bear fruits and continues to bear fruits. Something that you can hand down to your kids and it's like a legacy, you know? So that's the analogy that I'm trying to like move the business analogy from a fancy car to building a forest <laughs> or growing a forest. Yeah. That's that sort I'm, of ba- I'm really ba-
1: glad now that I've never used the fancy car analogy. <laughs> 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 because I can see how that is attractive to certain clients and certain people and and truthfully, those probably aren't my clients.
0: Yeah. I mean that's you know that's a lot of what people are like working to build. you know you're thinking about it in terms of like my masterpiece or my you know, my work of art or my fancy thing that gets me all the money and all the success and blah blah blah. Um, but I like this idea of us building something that is healthy, balanced, natural, that feels comfortable to be in like a business that you feel like excited to come into every day that just is surrounding you with beauty and things that you really appreciate that is sort of built on the things that you appreciate and just creating more of that, you know? So that is, it. <laughs> uh, so it's really cool what you're doing. I think it's very, a very inspiring um I love the journey that you're on and I'm really happy that, you know, you got to share some of that with us, like your personal journey and. Yeah. Thanks. Um,
1: Thank you for not asking me, how do I build the Maserati? <laughs>
0: yeah. I know. And <laughs> you know,
1: I'm like, okay, so we can break it out. You know, I can well, do that, it's, but well, it's, it's more funny fun to talk about.
0: Oh, totally.
1: Of how your business is impacting you and who you are in the world and who do you want to be? Ultimately, you hope aren't probably aren't actually starting a business just for money even if you don't realize it because you're going to spend so much of your life and time invested in that business that hopefully it's yeah. not just for money
0: i pray that it's not just for money yeah because i have met too many people that started you know their journey with that ambition and then got it and then were still unhappy um, and that actually turned into self-destructive behavior, unfortunately. Right. So you know that can. Which,
1: but there's something beautiful about that too. Oh I yeah, it's part of also the journey. A really you know? Valid journey for yeah. that person, because then again, the business was still the vehicle to be confronted by themselves. Yeah. To be right. confronted by, oh, that's probably that person's journey to have all the supposed successes and go, oh, I'm still unhappy then that business also served its purpose as a spiritual vehicle vehicle for that person. Yeah. Like, like what right. a beautiful blessing from from that business. Yes, got you the Maserati, got you the money, got you the praise and attention and accolades, and you're still unhappy. You're welcome. Congratulations. Really good job. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Of showing yeah. you, again, showing you who you are, showing you really where you're at, showing you what you actually need to work on in this human form, in this human life. You don't get to hide behind your business, which is why I always tell my clients, like, you don't get to build funnels right away because funnels are just about removing you from the sales process and removing you from having to create connection and trust and relationship with your clients. And you need to have that experience before you ever build some funnel that automates the process and removes you from it. And they hate that. They hate when I say that. <laughs> like, I promise you that I'm teaching you skills about being a business about being your own business's owner and understanding your business.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah. I actually really like that. I think I needed to hear that little bit right there that you just said, because that was something I think I was even struggling with today a little bit, thinking about trying to automate before. It's based on genuine relationships. Um, So I was having this dichotomy in my mind of like, okay, we're creating businesses that automate, and yet I am so inspired by genuine relationships. And so how do, you can't automate a genuine relationship. Sorry, customer service automation is probably the worst invention of the modern world. Yeah, I mean, that's,
1: (laughs) Um, something I've been noticing a lot. And uh, it's content that I'm, I've am i been putting out lately because I find people... I, I lose cl- I lose potential clients because like, oh, you're not going to just build me out my funnels and my website and my landing page and my sales page and set it all up in Kajabi because that's what this coach is doing. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And the reason I'm not going to do that is because then I will have built you just a landing page and a funnel and and an automation. And I didn't actually build you a business, which business has to do with relationship and how the product that we bring out to the world actually impacts other people and that they want to buy it because it impacts their life. And we are in relationship, right? So um, I've recently lost a few potential leads because that was my response to that. Questions. So it's kind of an. It's fired me up to make more content about that because I do think more yeah. people need to hear that. I'm not yeah. saying don't build funnels. I'm just saying don't start there.
0: Don't start with funnel. Yeah. Don't start with like. Oh, here's the process. I mean, all right. I I totally hear you, and I think it's it's actually the piece that t- to me hit. And I don't know if this is what it was intended, but start with genuine relationships is what I want to say. Start start with genuine human to human relationships, and and not just like one-off relationships either, but relationships that you kind of go deeper and build on, because those, like our relationship right now, I mean, we're doing something right here, which is allowing us to get to know each other more, and that's, there's some way that we can both help each other, even just this conversation is really helping me.
1: Absolutely, and then those are the people that also refer you.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: How many funnels get a referral?
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> I think funnels. never
1: have I ever referred a funnel to someone.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: Um, so yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Well, I love it. I love what I again. I love the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I don't want to like go. I want. I, I feel like I could spend hours talking to you about this topic, but I think we have a lot a lot of good content here to offer our listeners great thanks for for having
1: me yeah this is great of course i could talk about this stuff all day so i i hear you (laughs) and also thank you for opening up with that question and yeah willing to go there
0: thank you thank you sally for being here we are on this journey together It's so cool to just listen to everybody's stories, listen to Sally's stories about how she found herself. She explored all the different facets of herself. It's a constant exploration we're on. Thanks so much for listening in, hanging out with us. We'll talk to you next time.